Hello, everyone, and welcome to Professor Peace Podcast. My name is Parsa Pekar. I'm a psychologist and adjunct faculty at Pepperdine University. And it's a pleasure to be your host for this podcast. Before I start with my book review, I just want to say a couple of things about this podcast as it's this is the first session and the season of starting it. So first of all, one of the reasons I've started this podcast is to encourage people to not only be educated in different ways that I'll be discussing, but also to encourage them to do good work. So as we go through these stages of the podcast, which are divided into three parts. The first part, I always review a book, which is related to the topic of influence, leadership, and service. The second part is I will have a guest who's influential from different fields, such as sports, academic, media, etc. And then the last part is where my some of my former students and other students from university will join the show and provide their opinion on the topics of the day. The way the podcast is going to work on, like any academic paper, we're going to start with a research question. But the research question is not that we're going to do this in an academic way. The podcast is educational, but at the same time, I want to make sure I create such a warm environment for listeners that they can listen, enjoy, have fun, and be educated. So that's the purpose of the podcast. And as mentioned, we always going to review one book, and then we're going to have a podcast with an influential person. And at the end, we have two students on the show who express their ideas and philosophies on the topics. So for this week, I have a book which is something very dear to my heart, and it's called The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstrain. And just to give a little background about Shel Silverstrain, he was born in 1930 in the Chicago, and he went to become one of the most influential talents of his time. He was a poet, a singer, and a songwriter, a cartoonist, and author of many children's books. So the giving tree, what is interesting about this work is, first of all, this is a children's book, but it works for every age. As I mentioned, I've read this book over and over again, and I believe for our adults, it's going to have so many great points, which I'll be discussing as part of my podcast, some of the things we can take away and practice in our daily life. Just to give a little background about the book, it was written, of course, and illustrated by Shel Silverstein himself in the year 1964. And it's a children's picture book and one of the most notable work of Silverstein. But as I mentioned, it's been applied to different age groups. And today we're going to take a look at, first of all, what the story is about and also some of the main points. So just to give a summary of this book is basically there is the story of this tree in a forest and the boy who come to the forest and to this tree and you know he starts to play with this tree and he talks about how this tree loved this boy and the boy would love this tree and you know they would visit this this boy would visit this tree every day 
and he would pretend to be the king of the forest by even making a crown from the leaves of the tree and climb off the tree, play with the tree, and you know, play hide and seek. And you know, he would be tired and asleep, and he would spend the whole time with this tree. But then the story talks about as time passes by, the boy become, you know, of course older, and you know, he came by the tree less and less. And at times this tree feel lonely, right? And then one day the boy returned and the tree comes so joyful and asks him to play with uh, with the tree. And as he always used to write whenever he saw this tree. But the boy tells the tree, now I'm too big and I want to make money, right? And now the time passed by, I want to have fun, I want to do things. And the tree says, well, you know, I cannot give you money, but what I can do is offer you apple so you can sell and make money for yourself. So the boy gathers the apples, go out there. And for a while again, you know, he doesn't come back to the tree. Well, this repeats another time, right? Again, the boy come for the second time after a while. And, you know, the, the tree becomes so happy. And then he says, well, now, you know, I'm older and I want to get married and I want a house to keep me warm. And of course, my children and wife and the tree said, well, I cannot give you a house. But what I can do is give you my branches. So, you know, the boy does it again and goes and for a while he's not there and then come back again. But this time it's been such a long time that... He's been much older and he says, you know, I'm, I'm too tired now. I've worked so hard and I just want to go somewhere for a vacation far away. So he asked for a boat and the tree again offers her trunk to make a boat and the boy takes it. And then a long time passes and the boy finally returns for the very last time. And he's now old, weak, and there's nothing he wants anymore, right, from life. And he doesn't, you know, the book says he doesn't even have heat to eat the apple or energy to climb. And, it, you know, a tree could not offer anything, right, at this time, which was only the stump of the tree was left. So the tree offers, said, do you want to sit on my stump? And that's all the, you know, boy, now he's such an old man, uh, wanted at the time. So he accepted. And then at this time, the story finishes. So there are some central ideas to this story, which is when we look at it from psychological perspective, we can learn a lot in our own personal lives and how that is important. First of all, you know, you can tell from the title of the book, this is called The Giving Tree, which means this book gives an idea of service and encourage human beings to give rather than to receive. There is a quote that says it's more blessed to give than to receive. According to many scientific research, the person who gives usually enjoy it more. But something about this story that I want to talk about, as this is our first point, is what is giving? First of all, we need to define that for ourselves and for others. One thing I come across some of my clients sometimes is they give too much without receiving anything. And certainly that can be an issue. And we see that of course, this tree becomes happy when he sees this boy. But every time the boy leaves, right, for a while, the tree is sad. 
because most likely on one end, the tree sees uh, its identity in giving service to this boy. And when he's not there, he doesn't feel that she doesn't feel useful or doesn't feel that it's contributing and becomes sad. And of course, the love he has for the boy. So something we need to realize is, first of all, it should not be an obligation for us to give. It should come from our heart. And also, it should, even though it's giving to other people is a form of love, we need to make sure it's not one way in our relationship as well as it, we're not giving to make people happy or for them to stay with us. Because many times, for many people, giving is a way for keep people around. And that can create a lot of problem because when people leave us for whatever reason, even for a short period of time, we sense that our identity has been lost. So that's one of the lessons. Another way of looking at this, and this we can learn this from the tree, is also to not keep score on our good work, right? The tree would give, and of course, we talk about the other part of it, but he would never tell the boy, hey, you remember that time I gave it to you? So again, when we do a good work for others or when we serve, it's important for us to understand that this is coming from our heart, right? So we give it and then we're not keeping score. The second, the third point, which is we see that this is not really happening with the tree is about being self-respectful, right? Again, when you give too much, it comes to a point where you feel even yourself that you're not being respected by the other person. Of course, we, when we are in a relationship or in a friendship, whatever, we want to make sure that it's two ways. And one way is to see, okay, regarding their action, am I receiving also something in return? And I don't mean that we have this transactional relationship with others, but is if you're adding value to their life, what values are they adding to your life as well? Something that it's important for us to remember from this story, and this will be our last point, is that we need to make sure that whatever we do is we say take some time to reflect right if the tree during the time that the boy was not there would reflect that okay this is what's happening or if the boy would reflect that okay this tree has given me everything right their relationship would probably be different and the boy would talk to himself okay what are some ways that i can provide value to this tree as well so I highly recommend you reading this book. It's a very short read, but it can teach us so many things about how we can approach giving and how important that is that we do it in our lives. For this segment of my podcast, I have a very special guest by the name of Hassan Taftian, who is an Iranian sprinter and competed in the Olympic of Rio 2016 and Tokyo 2020. He also has run in the World Championship and is currently called the fastest man of Iran with a record of 10.02. 
It's a privilege to have him in the show. Hassan, welcome. Hi, Parsa. Thanks for inviting me. I'm also glad to be here, and I hope we have a good uh, discussion together. Yes, definitely. So, Hassan, as part of what we do at the beginning of every podcast, we have our guests to choose a value that is important to them, and they want to share that with the listeners. And also, I want you to give a little introduction about yourself and also your profession. Uh, actually, as you said, uh, I'm a sprinter, pers- pers- uh, professional sprinter, two times Olympian, and 17 years I do track and field. Uh, as an athlete who has spent many of hours in his life in this field and being dealing with every second and more than anyone uh, know the worth of every minute because of my uh, field i believe one of the most important things we need to pay attention in life in order to be successful and reach our goal uh, is we have to sacrifice big in order to achieve our goal and i believe this one of the points and value i would like to mention at the, this this podcast definitely as you said i i also believe that you know sacrifice and being able to work diligently is very important to get to our goals and of course if we want to achieve something big as you mentioned there is always a price that we need to pay and i think you highlighted that so well in what you gave as your value and how that can relate to our success. Right. If I want to get into more detail, I need to say that we can't have everything, uh, everything all at once. In order to reach a certain goal and focus on some areas uh, of our life, we certain we certainly uh, need to sacrifice some other aspect of our life for example uh, i as a professional athlete when my career become becomes my main focus in result uh, other areas of my life can be diminished either i i want it or not you know what i mean uh to be more in detail i have spent a lot of time during a year away from my family my friends uh and my country uh and all of those are sacrificed when you look at it also sometimes you have to sacrifice some of some of these things uh you enjoy doing in order to reach your higher goal and purpose. This is something important to me. Uh, and for me, this is one of the most important points to be successful. Uh, right, Hassan. And what this reminds me of, we have this term in psychology, which we call delayed gratification, which is basically a practice for self-control and self-regulation. and. What it means is, is the ability to delay an impulse for an immediate reward to receive a more favorable reward at a later time, which is the standard definition of 
delayed gratification. And actually, you know, the studies show that people who do that, for example, someone like you who is an athlete and spends so much time practicing and doing that every day, uh, they always think about the higher purpose or the reward that they'll receive at the end. While those people who seek short-term pleasures, they tend to be less successful in what they do. Um, exactly. When I talk with different people who want to be successful in their field, the desire and love are usually there. But when it comes to action and when you ask in order to achieve your goal, what uh, do you need to sacrifice? This is the point where many people give up on their goal. Of course, everyone wants to be successful mm-hmm. in their chosen field and be at the top, sure. But we come to a point where mm-hmm. we need to ask ourselves in order to be where you want to be. Uh, what sacrifice you need to make? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is uh, when many people give up and the difference between successful and unsuccessful people uh, is exactly in this. I can give you many examples with uh, a lot of athletes uh, who have won many medals in Olympic Games and World Champs. We need to understand that it was uh, certainly challenging for them to become champion over and over, mm-hmm. and they also thought about giving up and got get tired. But the difference between them and many other people who didn't reach their level is even when they were tired or thinking about giving up, they still keep going, showed up, and put their lives on the line for their higher goal uh, and I believe this is the most important point in reaching our goal to complement our desire uh, with the sacrifice we are willing to make. Just to say we want to be successful is very vague and cannot happen like that. Uh, we need to approach it with our full heart and as we go throughout this, uh, there will be certainly difficulties uh, along a path and the person is successful who endures all of uh, them throughout to the end. And I think you pointed out to a great fact that there is a difference between people who come successful and there's those who are not successful and that lies in them uh, having the mindset that okay if I'm choosing this path or choosing this field I know there will be difficulties along my path right and there will be times where I might feel like I don't want to do this uh, this is not going to work those are all I think very uh, basic things that we all experience in our life like the doubts as you mentioned Uh, so this part of are thinking that this will be uh, something we will be experiencing. 
Uh, Hassan, something I like to ask you because you mentioned about the difficulties and uh, everything that's along that path. And I always, when someone wants to get to a big goal, what I always ask them at first is, are you willing to pay that price to be where you want to be? And I think that's such a good question because it prepares the mind of that person to achieve it. So my question to you is, were there the days that you thought about giving up and what helped you in those days that you were thinking, okay, this is not going to work for me? Uh, first off, honestly, if I say I think about it every day or even sometimes a couple times a day, I think about this tiredness and the pressure and stress I have is true. Uh, what really has helped me in this path and has driven me to go through it, it is only having my goal and vision in my mind and how big is it uh, and how satisfying it, uh, it is to achieve it. If I have to add one more sentence, to all of this is for me to feel proud in my concern uh, and tell myself you did a great job and uh, you won't regret this uh, in the future. And I think something you mentioned that I, I fully agree with you is having the vision and the goal in your mind. And of course, when we're talking about difficulties, we also need to see the other side of the coin. So we want to talk about also the pleasure, right? As you said, when you imagine yourself being that place, you know, being the, in Olympic or getting that championship, etc. This is a place where you experience that pleasure. And I think many times as we were talking about delayed gratification, that's when you realize, okay, this is going to be worth it, right? For me to... Uh, put aside all the distractions and short-time pleasure to focus on something that is greater and it's going to give me pleasure at the end. Um, so I want to ask uh, along that line another question, which I believe uh, this is part of we also covering this podcast about influence. And um, I know that, as you said, there I'm sure there are a lot of people in Iran that look up to you and you certainly have that influence in their lives. I'm curious to know what is influence mean to you, first of all, and how do you use your influence in a positive way to affect your followers' lives? Uh, um, you mean being influenced or influencing others? I believe it can be both. So what is, first of all, the definition of influence for you? And in your own life, uh, how can you influence those who look up to you? Uh, to be honest, I'm not easily influenced by my surroundings. And I have always been concerned about my own state of mind in my relationship to others. But when I look at the at my, my surroundings, I would uh, consider myself influential person which means to the degree 
uh, I have heard from other. I have been able to uh, positively influence other to define influence. It can be very simple, but I would like to give a scenario. Mm-hmm. I believe with a certain action and utterance we have, we can directly influence the lives of others and also how people judge us. For example, uh, what I do during my day can be reflect uh, in the life of people around me or if I want to to broaden it toward my followers either without mm-hmm. uh, social media or seeing me racing, you know? For example, in 2016, in Olympic game at Rio, they made a status of me in my hometown as a way of thinking me for all years I have been practicing, practicing, and being in this field. Mm. Uh, this event uh, made a lot of young people in my city and in my country to mm. pursue sport, and this showed shows uh, how influential this act was, and all have been paid off like this as they build my status and having the positive influence over young people's lives around my country. I believe this is such a great example of influence. Totally, and uh, definitely when we look at influence from the psychological perspective, one thing that comes into mind is who are our role models growing up. So I even imagine for my life when I was a little and I wanted to be a professional soccer player, I always remember my dad telling me that, you know, have some role models, like someone who, you li- who you'd who you like to be and have their posters on your wall, look at them constantly, watch their highlights, etc. And I realized over time, I became like that, you know, like those per- those people who I admired And certainly, I think for many young people, that's such an important concept to see, okay, who is our role model? And what are some of the characteristics they have, right? Because that can help us to understand how we are influenced in our own lives. Uh, Along that line, uh, Hassan, I know you run Olympic World Championships. And as you said, you know, you've been doing such a great job that they build a statue of you in your city and which inspired in the results so many people. Uh, so my question to you is, what legacy would you like to leave for your generations and the ones that are to come? Uh, that's a deep question. Uh, one thing I want from my heart is to help the young people of my country uh, who are interested in track and field, and especially in strength, to help them follow their passion. Uh, since I have been training with a lot of great coaches and champions uh, over those uh, 17 years, I have 
gain a lot of value, valuable experience that can be priceless. And I would like to transfer this knowledge to future generation so they can capitalize uh, on them. And I want this uh, fully from my heart. Yes, and I believe that Hassan, you've been doing such a great job in that. And definitely your influence has been something positive in those people's lives. And of course, when you go through those experiences, there is a lot that you can teach to people and to those young people who want to follow also the path that you have taken. So my last question is uh, something we always do uh, is we want to encourage our listeners to do an act of kindness. And I want to ask you, Hassan, what would you tell your followers or those who see you as uh, their role models? What would you tell them to do as an act of kindness? Uh, first of all, I enjoyed my time here a lot. of, uh, And thanks for your invite. Regarding your last question, I have come up with a law which has helped me a lot in my own personal life. Uh, and I believe it's such a great lesson uh, that if we learn can help us uh, in so many different ways. And that is we mm -hmm. don't judge each, each other, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, we never fully know what is happening in people's lives. Uh, for example, what's happening to them a day before or even a one hour ago to, mm. or, or some, what, uh, what are some worries in their mind and if they act in certain way. Uh, it is important to have uh, in mind that we are not to judge and try to accept them uh, the way they are. Uh, mm -hmm. This will help us first to feel at peace with ourselves and also help people around us. This would be my suggestion for act of kindness. Mm. And what comes to my mind when you say non-judgmental is a form of compassion, right? And we have this saying that unless you put yourself in someone's shoes, you cannot judge how they walk. And I believe what you say is exactly about that, that we don't really know what's happening in their lives or we are not in their position, right? To know, okay, this is why they're acting a certain way. So it's very understandable what you say. And I believe it's such a great practice. And as you said, it not only helps us in our relationship with other people, but it frees us from all of our judgments and the way we feel about our own lives. So uh, Hassan, thank you so much for being uh, my guest. And I wish you all the best in everything you do. So thanks for being here. Yes, Barca, thank you again. And uh, I wish you all the best as well. Hassan Tafiyan.
Awesome. So for this section of the podcast, I have one of my former students, Russell Samuels, who is expecting his graduation uh, 2024. And he's a graduate student in the Graduate School of Psychology and Education at Pepperdine. So Russell, I just want to welcome you. Welcome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, inviting me here. It's great to get a chance to talk with you again. Yes, of course. So Russell, part of this show, what we do is I have uh, every guest to give us a value that it's important to them. And it's something that really they care about and they apply to their lives. So if you want to have one value for today, what would that be? One value that makes me much harder. Um, I would say uh, I will go with authenticity. Okay, authenticity. Could you tell us more why that's so important to you? Yeah, sure. Um, I think um, in today, not just today's world, but in, in general, I think um, on both sides, people have a, have a fear of being and expressing themselves. And others are so quick and ready to judge other people. And I think if we could all just be our true authentic selves and uh, and just accept others for who they are, I mm-hmm. think that would really alleviate a lot of uh, a lot of issues, a lot of anxieties. And I just think if you really want to um, if, if you want to be able to look in the mirror and feel truly, proud and happy with who and what you are, it's important to to have the confidence and courage to be your authentic self. And on the flip side, if um, you really want to have close relationships with people, you have to be ready to accept them and their authentic self, even when it conflicts with, you know, who you are, your own personal beliefs. Right. So from what I understand, Russell, part of being authentic means you accept yourself, but others without judgment, in a way. Yeah, I think authenticity goes in both ways. It's mm-hmm. it's it's who you are, but it's also how you are to other people. Right, right, exactly. And that when you are attending with yourself, that reflects to your relationship, as you mentioned as well. So, Russell, one question that I have, you know, our podcast is based on the topic of influence, leadership and service. And as a graduate student who's in this major of psychology, I'm sure part of your work is to be influential, right? In someone's life, in your client's life. How do you see yourself uh, influencing the world or the people's lives? Well, I guess first by modeling, you know, I think the uh, first thing we do is uh, we we have to set an example and um, <clears throat> you have to live your own values, express, the, express that. And uh, that's the first step when I think the best way to influence others is uh, to show them, you know, what, what is, what's possible and um, and what what you can do. Um, I also through education, this wasn't, you know, this would be if I was able to give you a list of values and, and constantly increasing your knowledge um, about people, about the world, about, you know, just just in um, this in general and through more understanding 
of people, mm-hmm. being able to communicate with them at their level. Um, I think that also in time will help influence people to do the same. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just living a really quality life personally, and then being able to show that to other people. Yeah, so you think your value of being authentic, that also comes into play when you think about influencing the world or people's lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it goes back again that you have to be your true self and accept others for their true selves. And, you know, if you come across, I think, you know, the quote Carl, uh, Carl Rogers or not quote, but to, to embody Carl Rogers and, and be truly empathic and have unconditional positive regard for other people. Uh, that's going to make other people feel good. It's mm-hmm. going to make other people want to respond in the same way, not just to you, but to others around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell, do you have any example uh, of how maybe you've influenced someone's life in a positive way? Hmm. Well, um, I mean, I can I can cheat and talk about my children, but uh, going even deeper, you know, this is a second career for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my past life, I was a, a personal trainer and a gym owner. And I spent uh, 25 years as a personal trainer, 18 years as a gym owner. And um, I always prided myself on having clients that I... Um, I would really not just try to teach them the, you know, specifics, the mechanics of exercise. Sure, that was a part of it. But really what I try to do is instill an idea of healthy living into them. And I tried, again, I would be very open with my own flaws and own challenges and my own health uh, and fitness goals. So they knew, you know, no one's perfect, but and that's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have challenges. It's okay not to be perfect in every aspect, but to keep striving just to find those areas you can improve on. And I think through my own disclosures, my own guidance, um, I believe that there's been a lot of a lot of people throughout my uh, career as a personal trainer that I help influence in uh, establishing a healthier way of living and not just so they could have you know, big arms and look good on the beach, but to actually feel better about themselves, to um, decrease pain, to decrease the risks of uh, illnesses. And I think that really enhances people's quality of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, one last question, Russell. What we do as part of our podcast is to encourage people to do an act of kindness. So if you want to say one thing, what would that be for the listeners that they can apply to their lives that can, you know, influence other people's lives in a positive way? An act of kindness. Um, well, it's funny. My Both of my boys are in the Boy Scouts and uh, we use the term uh, do a good turn daily. And a good turn means to do something kind for another and to seek out every day, every day, um, to find some way to be kind and helpful. So, you know, that could be as simple as, you know, walking past somebody, a stranger, and stopping 
and just have a, a, a 30 second honest chat, you know, how are you doing? And, um, and actually really listen, mm-hmm. not just say that, how are you doing as, how are you doing as a, as a wave and keep on walking, but actually care about what's going on in their life. Maybe you can ask even deeper, deeper. Um, and I, I think so many people walk blindly, they go back and forth to work or whatever, and um, they don't really engage in conversation. And I think that's, that's a simple one. Chat with a stranger, especially if they look down, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, are looking, looking sad or looking distracted. And uh, what I teach my boys is if, if once a day, you can find someone that you can say, hey, what can I do to help you today? Hmm. Um, I, I really try to encourage my boys to say that. Find someone that you can say that and honestly mean it. Be ready to do that, to do something. And um, I think anyone, you know, has someone to come up and and chat with them for thirty seconds and say, "Hey, what can I do to help you today?" Hmm. There's got to be something. Can I carry something for you? Can I open something for you? Um, just being there for someone, I think, is the easiest way to have an act of kindness and then and and you'll connect with somebody um there's always someone out there that is struggling even if it's on a small scale um you know you're shopping and you see somebody trying to reach for something you know go over there help them out carry something for someone i think those are the very simple simple things and uh you know when you do ask that question of how are you make it a you know a real authentic question where you're ready to hear their answer and don't accept that oh i'm fine no but tell me really what's going on today mm. tell me something that's great going on with you tell me something that you wish could be a little bit better and um i think you'll walk away from that conversation both feeling better for yourself and you'll you'll leave a smile on someone else's face right and i think other than that's such a great question that you ask, but it's always good that you start from a very young age, right? And you, you teach people, you know, as they grow up, children, they know that service can be part of their life and it's beneficial to both them and other people as well. So, Russell, I just want to thank you for being here and I wish you all the best in your program and I look forward to your graduation. Thank you very much. I uh, I have just absolutely loved this entire program and, uh, and process of learning to become a mental health therapist. And uh, your class was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I love the way you ran it. Your energy. You really uh, can you know continue that inspiration that I have to to try to do this and and do some good out in the world. So I really appreciate you. I just I really appreciate you. Thank you. My pleasure, Russell. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. So for this part, I have another former student of mine, uh, Sarah. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you, Professor Pekar. Um my name is Sarah Conishon, and I'm a clinical psychology student at Pepperdine. And Professor Pekar was one of my professors for our skills and group therapy class. Uh, great. Uh, Sarah, first of all, thanks for being here. And 
uh, as we were talking through this podcast, a topic that we are kind of discussing today is how do you see you're influencing the world? So if I ask you that question, Sarah, with your major, and uh, I know about some of your goals for future, how do you see yourself influencing the world? Yeah, I see, um, you know, I've always had the aspiration to help people. And I thought that I could do that in the field of law. I, I had gone to law school and there were other aspects of it that weren't compatible for me. So um, I took the time to figure out and decided that clinical psychology would be more fitting for me to impact people more directly. And I decided I want to specialize in sports psychology and also serving the LGBTQ community. And I'm just looking forward to um, getting that rolling. Uh, I, I do start my practicum in October. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited to learn the skills in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you do now, Sarah, that gets you closer to that goal? Uh, yes, you know, just just being an, a, an attentive uh, student and, and taking in as much as I can from my coursework. Mm -hmm. I have also connected with another Pepperdine professor. His his name is Dr. Khan. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work together at a basketball combine and see how we can help some of these international athletes with their anxiety. So I, I'm just trying to um, get some experience in this field so that when it's my turn to be an associate then licensed, I'll have the tools ready to go. Yeah. And how do you feel your program is preparing you? Do you feel this is something that's been, you know, getting you ready to take that step? Or was it part of your own kind of uh, search and desire? I think uh, both. Uh, both. It has to come from within, of course. Um, in, in terms of serving others, I don't think that's something that can be learned. You either want to do it, you have a passion for it, or you don't. Mm -hmm. But I ended up choosing Pepperdine because their, their mission statement does emphasize uh, serving people as one of their values. And the professors they have, the way their curriculum is written, I think it's all really well done. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the the better clinical psychology programs, I think. And I'm happy to have um, enrolled there. Yeah, so, well, I'm glad to hear that because I feel many students think that, you know, the school system is set up in a way that for them to be employed, but not really going after what they love or, you mm -hmm. know, their own kind of, uh, you know, business or, you know, entrepreneurship journey. But it sounds you feel paradise in a place where it has provided you that platform where you can, you know, go after your own goal and think about those things. Yeah, I, I think they do a good job of honing in, at least the professors I've had, they really hone in on my strengths and that they've all been so encouraging. And I think that helps uh, students, you know, find their path and pursue what they what they actually want. And also this field provides a lot of flexibility where you can have a, a niche that you can fit into, or you can even make it general if you'd like. Right. So Sarah, let me ask you a question. Since you're already in this program, and I know you mentioned part of what you want to do is working with athletes. Mm -hmm. 
so let's say there is a student who would be interested in doing the same thing as you. What would you recommend to, to them? Like, what would you say is a good step for them to take? Let's say they are graduating high school or they just finished with their bachelor degree. How would you help them? Like, how would you tell them to the steps they need to take if they want to pursue this path? Sure. Yeah. Well, the internet is a beautiful thing. It provides us with so much information. So you really have to do your due diligence with research. And people are so willing to talk to others and give them information. So networking is also a huge component of it. But you have to be, um, you know, authentic with that. Uh, I, I was thankful to have made a connection with you and and a few other professors and through communication, we learned that we were both athletes and you are currently serving this population and I would like to as well. And that's when things can show up for people. You, you kind of have to talk in order for the, for the universe to hear you, right? Uh, if you've ever heard of the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. If you keep your dreams and aspirations to yourself, nobody's going to hear them nobody's going to be available to help you so it's it's important to share and to be vulnerable in that aspect exactly and to be able to network i think this is something i always encourage students to do because it works in every field right by knowing someone i always say if you know someone you know many people at the same time because they have mm -hmm. their own network right and the most important thing is to always not really think about okay how they're gonna help me but first build that relationship right and see that how you can help them in the first place if you find someone who's doing the what you want to do and when you pursue them kind of have the attitude of okay let me see how i can help them and then once you do that and they see you have a genuine interest i think that's when they're gonna help you as well so i'm glad that you yeah. mentioned that and you've been doing that it sounds yeah, I mean, it's it's important. I mean, you can't have um, a, this type of relationship with everybody. In my opinion, I think it's better to uh, nurture a few relationships rather than try to spread yourself too thin, because that's when you actually lose the um, the actual care and genuine interest aspect. Uh, if you if you try to network with too many people, then it might seem a bit artificial and the other person can detect that so you you want to be pursuing things and pursuing people that you actually are interested in and you do actually care about and to maintain those relationships otherwise if you're just emailing a bunch of people and asking them for something first that's going to be a bit off-putting I, I don't think you would get much help uh, working like that Exactly. There's this saying, Sarah, that I always really think about, and it says, before you reach for people's hand, reach for their heart. So mm. what we are talking about is the same thing, right? We want to make sure that that person really feels we. it's not that we are contacting them to get something from them, but it's we are genuinely interested in what they do. And I also believe when people see that, they understand it and they know it. Yeah. That's when they respond. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful quote. And and I think we have to, um, the word transaction has a negative connotation, but we do have to see relationships as transactional. Are both people's needs being met? 
um, is only one person pursuing their needs, but not able to provide for the other person. I think uh, relationships in general, whether it's networking or romantic or family, you really have to be able to put in the work in order to receive anything as well. Right, right, exactly. You want it to be a two-way instead yeah. of... Yeah, definitely. So, Sarah, I have uh, one question, and then uh, I'd like to hear at the end if you have any comments. But if you remember from our class, I always encourage you guys to start with a value when we start our class. So if you want to choose a value for today and this week, what would that be? That's my first question. And then if you want to encourage the listeners to do an act of kindness regarding that value, what would that be? I think so I'll I'll tell tell you a situation that happened to me yesterday actually that'll inspire my my choice and in, in my value. Yeah. Um I'm going to pick um compassion. And I was involved in a in a hit and run accident yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm physically fine thankfully and it was just a minor ding on my car but the gentleman actually just they drove away they didn't stop. And that shocked me because I would expect people to generally do the right thing. Um, But I lucked out because his phone number was on his car. His car was for sale. What I ended up doing was just texting him and saying, hey, you know, we, we all make mistakes. Would you be open to talking about this and seeing what we can do about it? And he admitted to me that, you know, he he was young. He was 19 years old. He panicked. And he was very sorry and he wanted to meet up to do the right thing and to exchange information. And if I were to look back, maybe when I was younger, I would not have approached him with with compassion. I I may have acted in a different way, but I allowed him him the chance to, you know, change his mind. And he he really stepped up and did that. And I was no longer angry. Um so compassion is my my word today and and to anybody else uh listening i think really try to give people the opportunity to communicate and explain themselves before you uh you know jump into any conclusions or before you think the negative thought first because sometimes there's always a secondary reason yeah, and we talk about putting yourself in someone's shoes before judging them, right? And I think what you did was really great. And uh, also what you recommend is very true. Uh, so, Sarah, I just want to thank you for being here. And I wish you all the best in your program. And I look forward to see you doing what you love to do. <laughs> thank you. It's It's been an honor to be taught by you. And I, I'm so glad we were able to do this together. And I look forward to listening to your future podcast episodes. And I wish you all all the best luck. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Wonderful. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. And in case you have any question or suggestion, you can reach me at contact at parsapaycar.com. And I look forward to be with you in the next episode.